This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. The Gifford Foundation is one of the smallest foundations in Syracuse, New York. But Sheena Solomon, executive director, reports that people in the community see the foundation as one of the largest. How has the foundation built that reputation? Catalytic funders listen closely to grantees and community members. Listening empowers them to learn about needs that are being ignored. Sheena sees listening and building trust as a mindset. She calls it proximity. Proximity empowers Sheena and her staff to be better at the capacity building work they specialize in. To be effective at capacity building, Sheena wants to know what nonprofits' real needs are, beyond the more glamorous needs that are easier to get support for. Sheena wants to hear directly from community members and not rely on what she calls gatekeepers. She and her staff want to know what is really happening, and they want to talk with people from every race and ethnicity in Syracuse. Sheena talks about what proximity means to her and how proximity helps the Gifford Foundation not just pursue equity, but embody equity in all its work. We've evolved and look at capacity building just a little bit differently um, as the years have come because we find it really important to um, adjust with the times, but not um, necessarily alter your mission, if that makes any sense. Um, Because you can adjust without creating mission creep, right? Because I tend to find... um, philanthropy to be a wagging, jumping um, field. So whatever the next best thing is, right? Everybody's talking about equity now. People were talking about capacity before. They were talking about diversity at one point. Like all these key philanthropic jargon that everybody kind of jumps to, but we've actually been very steadfast in um, capacity building and actually having um, diversity and equity as a part of our culture instead of looking at it as an outcome. So I think that we have really evolved in that space to where um, we have found a niche in our community um, where we're, even though we're a small foundation compared to several others, um, that we still have the ability to punch above our weight because it's not just about money. It's also about trust and it's also about support and it's about listening to what the needs are instead of making assumptions. So me as the executive director, I've actually been with the foundation for almost 14 years. Um, I became executive director um, two years ago and I 
have followed the footsteps of the second executive director who was Kathy Goldfarb Finley because I believe in the impact of small grants. And I also believe that the foundation's customer is the residents who live in the areas in which we support and that we use the nonprofit community as a conduit to serve those individuals. So building the capacity of individuals and organizations is extremely important. And we also um, truly value diversity and equity, which we um, use as a lens to do our work. So as I reflect on the capacity word, um, I believe that it is important because a lot of organizations don't have access to resources with foundations who are not interested in the not so sexy stuff. And when I say the not so sexy stuff, we're not asking for our names to be on anything. We're not um, even asking them to um, put us in their marketing materials. But what we want to know is about succession planning because we know leadership matters and we know that a change in leadership is required after some time. So we want to talk about succession planning. We want to talk about um, professional development, not only for their staff, but for their board members, because this is the foundation of every organization is their board and then their staff, which um, deploys the services that they provide. So making sure that they're trained, making sure that they have access to equipment and technology that can help them do their work as effective and as efficiently, because then that trickles down and supports the community members that need the assistance. We also like to look at diversifying funding streams. Um, a lot of our organizations are currently struggling through 2020 because of the dependence on state and federal money. So how can we help organizations diversify their funding streams to a point at which they don't have to be as dependent on federal and state funding um, where they can be a little bit more self-sufficient and still provide the services that the community needs? Um, and in order to figure out what someone needs, listening is a requirement. Um, I have conversations with my team on a regular basis about the fact that we as a foundation, just because we serve the nonprofit community, doesn't mean that we know exactly what that community needs. And I feel the same way about neighborhoods. I believe that people in the neighborhood know exactly what they need. And we as foundations need to trust them and what they need and be a partner with them instead of doing it for them. Um, I don't believe that that helps anybody. Teaching people how to fish is significant because if I give you a piece of fish today, it's going to eventually be gone. How do you eat tomorrow? So that is really how I see capacity building in general um, as organizations and for individuals and leadership. And all intertwined in that is definitely diversity and inclusion because you have to have a diverse voices at the table. You have to know exactly what your community looks like. And I need to be proximate to the issues. So I think that proximity is extremely important as well because that helps me understand the need better if I'm closer to the need. 
So diversity is extremely important because our communities are no longer just black and white. They're literally a bag of Skittles. Depending on what side of town I go in in the city of Syracuse, depending on what you see and what cultures are reflected. And so in order to make sure we're representing the community, you got to know it. And then you also have to make sure that several voices are heard. When having this conversation with people in the community, it is important to have diverse voices at the table. At times when you go into the community, you sometimes end up doing the same old, same old by talking to the same old people who have the ability to be the gatekeepers in that particular community, which doesn't resolve anything because when you start to have conversations with the same people, you come up with the same solutions that didn't previously work. So it's important to not enhance gatekeepers because then you don't receive real engagement from the community. Communities know what they need and it's important for philanthropists to understand that communities do know how to solve their own problems and we need to start to trust the process and relinquish power. So, um... It probably would be really hard to find executive directors or foundations that have used the services that they support. Um, I I didn't um, grow up probably like um, a typical person who would become an executive director. I've um, experienced. I've used social services. I've experienced homelessness. I've used food pantries and all types of services um, way before I got to this point in life. So. Um, it's a nonprofit community that I understand from um, being a participant in it um, before being a funder of it. So that type of proximity is one of them. And um, as far as listening and learning and gaining trust, this took time. Um, as I said, I've been at the foundation for almost 14 years. And when I started at the foundation, I had already been working at another nonprofit. So I knew the, new, the community well, but they didn't know me as the foundation. And so I was very intentional about how I would dress when I go into the community because they look at that first impressions are really important. So I couldn't look like um, I was necessarily sitting in an office all day. So I would just like wear casual clothing. Um, and then what ends up happening is I end up breaking bread with people often. I go to community meetings neighborhood associations. I have community members that invite me to their home. Um, I start to invite people back to the office so that they feel comfortable in that space and feel comfortable coming and asking for whatever they might need. So that took some years to the point at which now I don't have to be invited into the community. I can just go into the community, walk the neighborhood. I've helped plan neighborhood meetings. I've helped do block parties. Um, I've helped people in the community with funerals, help assist people when their homes burn down, all types of things. So it's really about um, showing up and doing what you say that you're going to do. You build that trust. And then it kind of sticks with it. It has created street credibility for me and the foundation at this point. Well, I actually think that that particular perspective, our connection to the community is well known 
Um, probably if you did a survey of community members and asked them which foundation was the largest, they would assume that Gifford was the largest, but we're definitely not. We're actually the smallest. Just our name exceeds our endowment um, because of the trust that we have built in the community. And I think that our foundation partners invite us to the table because of that um, connection and perspective that we have. And then the last thing that I'll mention is Nourishing Tomorrow's Leaders. Um, that program was developed out of frustration due to the lack of diversity on our nonprofit boards. Our nonprofit boards do not reflect the communities in which they serve, which I personally see as a problem. Um, and having conversations with people in the community are like, well, I don't even know what a board is or that a nonprofit even had one. And it's like, well, what if we took everyday people and trained them how to be board members and explained the importance of this civic service? Um, because boards are decision-making entities that are making decisions for your community and you're not at the table. So we created Nourishing Tomorrow's Leaders to train people. And this... Um, has truly connected organizations. It's They are excited about the new board members. They're excited that they have a place to go to meet new board members that don't necessarily look like them. Um, and organizations have started to talk to each other about their experiences. And that's what with each program that we have. We bring cohorts together so that they know that they're not alone um, in the fight um, to increase quality of life. So Nourishing Tomorrow's leaders um, are for all ages. You have to be at least 18 to actually vote on a board, but you could be under 18 and be like an advisory, particularly for an organization that serves youth. Um, so there is no age limit um, for Nourishing Tomorrow's leaders. You can be from 16 to 70 um, years old to apply um, for that particular program. And we partnered with an organization called um, Leadership Greater Syracuse. And I think there's these leadership programs all over the country, like Leadership Greater New Hartford, and they're all over the place. And we partnered with them because they had access to the corporations because it was corporations going through their program, but it was mostly nonprofits leaders going through our leadership program. So together, we were able to cover both community, nonprofit, and corporate um, with our marketing. And we marketed intentionally in communities of color because race is a huge issue when it comes to the nonprofit boards. But between our two agencies and our connections, getting the word out became very easy and the diversity of the applicants was astonishing. Thanks to Sheena Solomon for joining us. To learn more about Sheena's work and the Gifford Foundation, visit Exponent's podcast website. Look for new catalytic podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Roo does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two Exponent members, the 1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. 
Thanks for listening. Join us next time.